Welcome back to another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. We have a Cornell graduate today that's going to blow your socks off. She is, well, she describes herself on her website as a serial entrepreneur and mom, and she is all that. She founded the company called Wander Beauty. She has created cruelty-free, clean beauty for women on the go, and Michelle and I are loving her products and had a great time talking to her. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It is hard not to feel slightly inadequate around her. She is a powerhouse, but also really humble and kind and fun. And we do have a little fun with her in the middle of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. And as Steph said, you can hear all about her incredible story right after we roll the intro. Well, welcome to our show. And sadly, our viewers can't see us today because Steph and I are absolutely beautiful. We are beautiful. Glowing. We've never looked better in our lives. And that is thanks to today's guest. Divya Gugani is here. I mean, I think I could probably fill the podcast just with her introduction. She does it all. She is the founder of Wander Beauty, which is now without question our favorite makeup brand. I first heard about her products from an Instagrammer years ago, someone named Coco and Cashmere, and I started using those baggage claim under eye masks, which we love. And some of her new products are just completely outrageous. She and her co-founder, they've won about 30 beauty awards, unlike the ones that you care about, like the good awards. And they've been in the media, so we're a little starstruck. She has written books, and she's a frequent guest on all types of media. And you're going to hear why their makeup is so special in a little bit when we get into the heart of the interview. But for now, we want to welcome Divya to the show. You're going to hear her Cornell story and her incredible journey into being like a beauty powerhouse. And we are so glad you are here. Hi, Divya. Hi, how are you guys? So happy to be here with you. Oh, we're so thrilled. So Divya, of course, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Wander Beauty and how you started that, but take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you end up at Cornell University? So I was born in Springfield, Illinois. My dad went to grad school in Chicago, came here from India, had an arranged marriage with my mom. She came to America for the first time. They were newly married. My mom literally used to look up Indian last names in the yellow pages and like call people to make friends, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So we, my dad got a job for the government in Springfield, Illinois, and hence that's where I was born. And then my father was an entrepreneur. He started his own business and that took us to New York. And so I grew up in the suburbs of New York and Long Island from between Manhattan and Long Island um, my whole life, pretty much. I visited Cornell. I loved the campus. I loved the policy analysis program at the College of UMAC. I immediately thought it was a great fit for me. I was deciding between a few different schools and I just felt like that was the best fit for me. I know I wanted to go to a more suburban rural type environment. I wanted to have a real campus feel and I feel like Cornell had that. And I didn't feel like I was super far away from New York City, four hours. You could go when you wanted. You could visit like, visit my parents when they were back and forth from um, New York. It was just an ideal mix for me across the board. So you applied and you got in, you got to campus. What happened? Where did you live? Did you know your roommate? I lived in Founders Hall, which Mm -hmm. was really interesting because it was one of the old buildings on West Campus. And essentially what it was is that there was a floor of girls and a floor of boys. So we didn't really like mingle. It wasn't social. I know a lot of newer dorms had a lot of co-mingling spaces and places where you could get together and meet people on your floor or in your dorm. We didn't really have that at Founders. This was one of the really older buildings. I don't feel like we had that 
sense of community that some of the other dorms did, but it was such a beautiful old building. And I had a great relationship with my roommate. And so that all worked out. Um, and then I lived in my sorority house, which is Alpha Chi Omega on North Campus. Yep. And then I lived off campus in College Town my junior and senior year. All right. So you had the full living at Cornell College experience. Yes, yes, I did. So did Cornell live up to what you hoped it would be? I mean, you had, you said you really thought it'd be a great fit. Was it? I think it was outstanding. I think I got a great academic experience. I've learned a lot. And most importantly, I made amazing friends. One of the pieces that I really feel like shaped my experience was joining a sorority. I actually really liked it. I felt like it was an amazing camaraderie among so many girls and I stay in touch with so many of them and like we kind of still have that network and it was a great place to kind of like always at lunch there was always you know a bunch of sorority sisters sitting around at the table so even if went, you, you had a place to sit it was a really nice experience I the weather you know it's so funny I've since moved to Miami um, I just moved here last year and I love it and I sometimes think about like oh my god every single day at Cornell was like you know, it was cold and it was raining. Like my happiness quotient since I moved to Miami has just exponentially increased. And I just <laughs> am so happy here. And it's amazing how like good weather can really change things. So I think I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't really love the weather, but I, it was fine. And yes. I really loved the people and I loved the professors I met. I loved the experience I had. I did a semester in New York City, which I thought was really fun too. Oh. I really, I regret that I didn't go abroad. I really did want to go abroad and it just didn't end up working out. But if I were to do it all over again, I would have done a semester abroad and tried to live in another country. What was in New York City? I don't recall people doing that for a they, semester. They had a semester in New York and I did an internship in investment banking and a really amazing program. And I actually had this incredible opportunity to like take some really interesting artsy classes at FIT. It was part of the curriculum. It was very cool. I really liked it. Was that through yeah. the Humex school or did you well, through the Humex school. Oh, wow. Yeah, through the Humex That's school. a great yeah. program. It was a great program. I really enjoyed it. So that year you lived half the year in College Town and half the year in New York City. Correct. And I really feel like you saw New York City through a different lens because you were there with your Cornell friends, which I thought was really fun. So it sounds like your Cornell experience was a great mix of social life, Greek life. You took advantage of all the opportunities that it had to offer. But what what were you studying? I know you were studying policy, but what were you thinking you would do with that degree when you were in college? It's funny that you say that. You think what you're going to do and then you end up totally different. So I thought that I was going to become a lawyer and take the LSAT. And what ended up happening is I did that internship in New York City in investment banking, and I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do this. This is amazing. So I aborted the course of becoming a lawyer and became a financial analyst at Goldman Sachs after I graduated. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and you know, I also got bitten by the culinary bug when I was at Cornell, I took the cooking class that they offered at the hotel school and I loved it. I had such an amazing time. I later went on to go to culinary school and I was very inspired by taking this class at, at Cornell. Um, hey, you know, I'm feeling <laughs> wildly inadequate. Okay. That is unbelievable. Okay. So did you do on-campus recruiting or was your job after you graduated from that internship? So interesting because Goldman Sachs did not recruit on campus when I went to college there. And so you know, it was an informal networking process with Cornell alumni in New York. I had investment banking offers for many other banks. I kind of went to Goldman as a last stop because it was the most prestigious, most amazing bank. And I wanted to work there. And I didn't care that they paid less than everyone else because the, the people and the reputation and the environment was something very special. And it was probably my most amazing career experience for two years I could have ever had. It really, it was like the right choice for me. What year was this? What year did you graduate? 98 to 2000. 
98 to 2000. Okay. So you're in New York City and- Yep, for 98 to 2000, yeah. Okay. And so at what point then do you segue, you mentioned your dad was an entrepreneur, but what, when do you segue into that phase of your career? My dad was an entrepreneur, which actually made me never want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I feel like when you have a parent, who my father's a big risk taker and everything was up and down and right and left. And like, I wanted stability for my life. And so when I graduated college, I was like, I want to have a stable job, collect a regular paycheck. I want to have a white picket fence. I want to have 2.2 kids. And the irony is that my life turned out nothing like that. My life has been even more of a roller coaster than my father's was. <laughs> And I guess it's just, it just happens to you. Entrepreneurs see things others don't see. They do things others don't do. They act upon their instincts. So what happened was I had a career in finance, worked in investment banking at Goldman Sachs. I then worked in private equity, invested in late stage businesses. I invested um, in earlier stage businesses as a venture capitalist. And then I started my first company. And it really was by happenstance. I ended up starting a company with somebody and we were both working at, other things. He ended up leaving his full-time job and doing this full-time. I was still doing it nights and weekends while I had a career in finance. And we built a company and sold it. It was incredible. It was a rocket ship experience. I learned so much in such a compressed timeline. I worked a million hours. And then I started another company, my second business, which you know never scaled dramatically, but was profitable. And then I started my third business and I raised venture money for it. And I sold that company 11 months after taking the investment to QVC, which is a global, you know, fashion and beauty and home electronic TV retailer. Yes. And that was, you know, that was a world one experience. And I had a child in the middle of the MA process, which you can imagine was just absolutely mm. bananas. I had another child two years later and I started Wander Beauty, which is the fourth company I've co-founded and been the CEO of. And it's like, you know, the world has taken me in so many different places, so many different companies. I've had teams of every size you could imagine from running a tech business to running a beauty business to running an auto parts business and a culinary company. Oh I've done God. so many different things in my life. The common theme in all of them is that I'm a student of life and I love to learn. And so I feel like whatever industry I was in, I, I learned it and I owned it and I just saw a white space and area of opportunity and I executed on it. I feel like I need Pepto-Bismol thinking about it. Your stomach, I, <laughs> yeah. the ups and downs of, of doing that multiple times, I can only imagine. Yeah. Also, you know, it makes perfect sense then that you created Wander Beauty for people kind of on the go because that was the thing that you needed yeah. the most. Mm -hmm. And so let's right. talk about your products because the products are multitaskers and they are easy to transport. They're gorgeous. Um, you're very clever. Tell us a little bit about why you started the company and what you think is your differential advantage. So I had two children within two years and I also had a corporate job at QVC and I had to go from looking at like a tired homeless person to looking <laughs> polished and pretty in about five minutes. And I wasn't able to do that with my BD arsenal that I had at home. The reality is like I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease. I had a very challenging both pregnancies and I really switched over all my beauty products to clean products. And that was challenging in and of itself, because at that time there weren't that many options. Now there are a lot more. Essentially, I realized that women are ingesting five pounds of hormone disrupting and toxic chemicals into their system via their skin, which is their largest organ every year. And I wanted to make better, cleaner choices. I wanted to have high performance beauty, which includes makeup and skincare. It really delivered results effortlessly and things that I could reach for every day that were essentials wherever I wander. And that's what my life was. It was 
doing my skincare at the gym. It was doing my beauty routine on the F train subway in Manhattan on the way to work. (laughs) And it's like the average woman is time served and on the go. And so she was not being serviced with the existing offerings. She wants fuss free, foolproof, do it yourself beauty that she can trust. Um, and I saw white space in that area and really uh, my co-founder Lindsay and I executed on it. But that's what I want to know. How do you have this idea? You see a need in the market mm. for it, but how do you translate that to then making it happen? You've done it a, a number of times now. What, how, how do you get started? I think you really have to do homework and research. And I think we didn't do as much as we probably should have, um, which was fun. We've now since hired a president who's really like made us very disciplined about that and gives us a lot more of a lens into understanding the consumer. Now we have a large customer base that we can tap into to really learn from and grow with and have them inform our product development life cycle and, and pipeline. So we really want to start the brand with one essential. We're like, why, you know, so many brands launch 20 products and 30 products and 40 products. If we're going to be effortless essentials, things you reach for every day, wherever you wander, like let's create one that tells the story of the brand and let's see if it works. You know, so we created the on the glow blush and illuminator. It was a double-sided stick. So no creams, no powders, do it in the back of a cab, do it at the gym, do it from desk to dinner, take it on a weekend trip. This is an essential that every woman is going to reach for and use regularly. And so a lip and cheek product on one side, a nude glow illuminator on the other side that gives your skin this beautiful luminosity and like radiance that you just went to yoga or you had a facial and you look gorgeous and beautiful. So we wanted to just create this one effortless essential, which we did and see the market. And we sold six figures of it within a few weeks. Oh my gosh. And so we knew that we were onto something and we kind of built the brand step-by-step step. and keep in mind, like I had some beauty experience. I had worked and done a lot of beauty at QVC, but it was only a few years. And I quickly deep dove into the industry and spent a lot of time learning and becoming a student of, you know, what to do, how to launch things, how to do marketing, how to do sales, how to do operations. Like mm-hmm. it's all different in every industry, how to do regulatory, how to deal with the FDA. We just launched a new SBF, which um, our team has been working on tirelessly for years. And I'm super proud of it. It's completely mineral sunscreen, which gives your face a beautiful glow. It's called pack up and glow. Yes. And so every bit of the journey, there was a lot of learning. And I think that I just surrounded myself with experts and learned from the people around me. Well, on a very low intelligence level, the, the products are amazing. Like I've never used an illuminator before <laughs> yeah, until I right. used that stick. And now I don't know how I live without it, mm-hmm. quite frankly. I feel the same way. Right? I feel the same yeah. way. It's a great product and it's packaged beautifully. That's the other thing. Your packaging. It's all, that's all recyclable. The unit carton can be curbside recycled all across the United States. The, the actual plastic componentry can be recycled. So, you know, we're really thinking about how to be good for us and good for our skin, work with your skin, not against it, and also good for the planet. How long does it take from, okay, from when you had the first idea of to do this and you found your partner, how long does it take to bring a product to market, develop it and package it and do all of those things? Because I had a lot of experts around me and I learned everything quickly, it took me over a year. I think in other cases, it takes many years. There are products that we worked on in our pipeline that literally took three and four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. But our first product we managed to do in about a, a little over a year the on the Globe Lush Illuminator. And then after that, we started getting into more complicated skincare, even the baggage home gold eye masks, which is a big hero for our brand that kind of deep puff, hydrate and brighten your that delicate under eye area. It's kind of coffee for your eyes and yes. coffee for your face. Kind of wakes you up right away. Oh yeah. It's like my everyday routine in the morning. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so, you know, those 
skincare can take longer and there's stability testing and compatibility testing and FDA things to think about and ingredients to really focus on. It's, I really like understand the efficacious levels and the results on different skin tones and types because we're you know, really focused on inclusivity and I'm, you know, a woman of color. And so we kind of think about our formulations and how they perform on women of different ages and also on women on different skin tones and types. Yes. So you and your partner, Lindsay, do you bring different skill sets to the partnership? hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's why it works. It really works because we're able to bring completely different skill sets to each other. She's super creative and like really strong in terms of photography and creative design and direction and vision for the brand and also social. And I am more on you know the business and the operations side of things and also both kind of intersect in product development and do that together. How did you guys meet? We met at a party. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Network till you get work, right? <laughs> that's right. That's that's great. Well, Steph, that's like you and me starting our little podcast together. That's right. Yes. Just took us 30 years to come <laughs> up with an idea to do something. So when you have started your other businesses, are you always with a partner or have you ever go at it alone? No, I've done, done it alone. I've done it with a partner. I, you know, I've done it many different ways. I do think that if you want to go fast, you can go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Let me ask you another question about starting a business, especially one in this space of, of, of skin and makeup and all of that. How important is it to get buy-in from influencers and social media to launch something like this? Because there's so many products out there. How do, you, how do you work that space in your business? I think it's very challenging. And I, I think the biggest thing you need to focus on is focusing on the best product quality that you can actually create. Because people buy for marketing once but they buy for product quality and repeat purchase when they really feel like a product has strong performance. And that's why we can pick the best ingredients in all of our skincare formulations or vitamin C, Site C or complex has a 15% vitamin C complex in it. And it's really just incredibly strong and incredible and people see results. And so I think that networking in that space and building relationships, you can build relationships organically and reach out to people and offer to give them but ultimately they love the brand and the product and they see everything, right? Influencers get sent tons of packages. They're going to focus on the ones that really make sense for them, mm-hmm. that make, make a difference for them. And so, you know, it's important to be top of mind and to be constantly, you know, building relationships. And I think, you know, networking and, you know, being authentic and doing a lot of community management, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Well, I, as I was saying, I learned about your products from an influencer and you're absolutely right. I was interested. So I tried it and then I tried more and more and more of them because it just like your, your makeup and your skincare just feels good and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cleanser's amazing. The drift away cleanser. It? Oh, it just, my skin feels so good. What's so fascinating is that so many times you buy a cleanser from a skincare brand and that cleanser is very gentle and it's nice for your skin. But the reality is like, Women who are multitasking and running around all day, they've got skincare products on their face. They've got, by the end of the day, they've got oil, dirt, bacteria, pollution, mm. sebum, SPF, I hope, every single day. Very few cleansers actually remove all of that in one step. And so the Driftway Cleanser really is a powerhouse and a multitasker because it's able to take off all of that from your skin, but yet be gentle enough to be yeah. used every day. You know, the other thing I love on your website is your shade matching tool, because it is very hard to order makeup online without knowing if it is going to work for you. And so right. this great tool, is that something that you all developed? 
No, we worked with um, a technology partner to do it, but I have to say we customized it. And I think it's super important. I think it makes really, we've seen a very strong conversion and also people really do find the correct shade with that tool. So we're really happy with how we did it. It's interesting because you are in the big stores, you're in Sephora and you're in Nordstrom and you're in all these places, but during the pandemic where people weren't going, you're everywhere. But as Steph said, it's difficult when you can't go into a store. And the other thing of it is, and I did do that tool also, but actually I was good with multiple shades of things. So I feel like a lot of your shades are really universal. Yeah, You know, they work on any skin tone. We were really happy with them. And that actually is a great segue into a little game we want to play with you. And I think you're going to be great. We are going to do something called match your makeup to your mood. Okay. Okay, good. I like this. We are going to give you a bunch of adjectives to describe a personality. And you can tell us which is the right color to fit the mood. Okay. I love it. Okay. So, uh, Steph, you start out. What's your first one? Mood number one. Happy as a clam. Oh, strawberry field. Happy as a clam. All right. Seething. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. No one, like all of these are all happy and nice. No one is seething. I I wish like, oh, listen, strawberry fields could go either way. Strawberry fields could be like a red hot temper, (laughs) but it could also be like red hot happy. Okay. You could go it either way. Good. How about mortified? (laughs) Oh my God. Mortified. I would say petal pink. Yes. Okay. Solemn. Oh, Sienna sunset. Okay. Mean girl, aloof. Bear. (laughs) Here's my last one. Fit to be tied. Like really irked. Oh, (laughs) coral rose. Okay. You did a great job. Thank you. That was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we, we run the gamut of moods all day. So that's good to know. All right. So this is the point where we like to do a little bit of a Cornell relatable speed round. Can we ask you some of our questions? Yes, please do. Okay. Well, let's start out. We always like to start out with food. So tell us, what was your favorite on-campus and off-campus place to eat? So I loved going to Oakenshields and eating the cookies there. And I ate like 200 of them because I gained (laughs) more than the freshman 15. Um, I loved the bagel store and College Town. I don't know what it was called. Oliver's? Uh, It was Oliver's with College Town Bagels, like right next to it. Yes, right, right. College Town Bagels. So good. What about, did you ever go down to Ithaca to eat or anything like that? Or did you, oh, really. No, we didn't either, really. Except for Not maybe really. Joe's. Yeah. What about your favorite bar? Ruloff's always. Yes. I don't think Ruloff's, I think it closed. Did I you guys know. hear that? Yeah. I think it closed. Yeah. It did. I know. That was big for your sorority and ours. I feel like we were always yes. together in those places. Yeah. How about, did you ever go to Hot Truck? And if yes, what did you get? Of course. I ate the French bread pizza. She's a PMP girl. Yeah. Of course. PMP. What about favorite place to study on campus? So the stacks in any library, I'm a stack studier. Like I would literally, like I can't study when everyone's socializing around me and like smiling at me and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and you're meeting eyes. Like, no, (laughs) if I need to study, I need to be in the stacks where there's pin drop silence and no one's around and I can like focus on what I'm doing. Okay. And that's why she's successful. I started in Uris and got not a thing done. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Did you have a favorite class? I did. My cooking class I took at the hotel school was my favorite class. (laughs) What about, do you remember any professors? Did you have a favorite professor? Yes. I had my favorite professor at Cornell was the human ecology school, Professor Matthews, Alan Matthews. He was amazing. I loved him. He was also my advisor. What did he teach? He taught policy analysis classes, economics and stuff like that. And he was just fantastic. And then he then became the dean of the college and then he retired. Oh, wow. 
a lot of people just got into college. This is like a big month for hearing from colleges. What advice would you give an incoming freshman? So it goes so fast. It's, you know, when you have a kid, everyone's like, oh my God, enjoy every day because it goes so fast. College goes by four years. It goes by so fast. Enjoy every single day and make the most of it. That's good advice. What about for a graduating senior? Do you have any advice? I think the most important thing is to find a job and a career that you love, that you're passionate about. Don't worry about the title. Don't worry about the Mm. money. Don't worry about all those superficial things. Find a career that like ignites your senses and lights you up every day. And like, you're excited to go to work. That's what the most important thing is when looking for a job and kind of starting out and have the best attitude you can be a sponge and learn everything around you. Oh, that's great advice. All right. So now, of course, and please dumb it down. We want to ask you some of your current loves. What would you say is one of your favorite books that you could recommend? We're Speaking by Hitha Palebu. It's an amazing book. Um, it's about Kamala Harris. And like, I just think it's a great read. Fantastic. Okay. What about, are you, do you have time to binge watch? Are you a Netflix or Hulu I do. person? Tell I, us. I'm a ridiculous binge watcher. Oh, good. I okay. just finished watching like 30 episodes of a Lebanese show in Arabic called Till Death, which was like so twisted. And it was like a total soap opera situation. I loved it. Okay. Um, and then I finished that and I'm watching season two of Bridgerton right now, which by the way, is not as good as season one. Oh, I, I love never season got into one. it. Oh, you did? No, I never got into it. Started okay. again. Started again. So good. Okay. So good. How about, do you have a favorite podcast? I love the skinny confidential. I think her podcast is amazing. Yeah, and I just too. like think that she's very real. Um, and I really appreciate her, like how candid she is and how many great conversations she has with people. Do you have a favorite wonder beauty product? Oh my God. They're like all my children. I will say the one that I use the most living in Miami is pack up and glow our SPS. It is a hundred percent mineral sunscreen. A lot of people don't buy mineral sunscreens because of how drying they are and also that they can white cast on your face. And we built this formulation with proprietary technology with a coated molecule that allows us to create a non-nano zinc oxide and titanium dioxide sunscreen, which literally disappears into the skin, doesn't create a white cast and has a beautiful radiance and glow. It is my perfect SPF and everyone should be wearing SPF every day. Yeah. I I saw it today. I'm getting it. I'm getting it also. And we do, yeah. And we did clinical studies. So like it protects you against blue light and it's just really like it prevents moisture loss and it's very hydrating. So like, there's a lot to it. We, we really worked on this. Well, this is all great. Thank you for the recommendations and just yeah. giving us a peek into your world. And we always end our show with asking our guests, what are you most thankful for from Cornell? I am thankful for the friendships that I made. I really made some wonderful friendships that have lasted, I hope to last a lifetime and have lasted till now. And I really think those bonds are going to be forever. Yeah. And tell us where can our listeners find you? So our website is wanderbeauty.com. I'm on Instagram at dgugnani at, and then D-G-U-G-N-A-N-I. We'll put that in our show notes too. Yes. Your Instagram is fun. You have a lot going on in that Instagram. Well, thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast.